following podcast is a recreation of recordings from Universe 619. All words, titles, and information are authentic and unedited. As this universe has no bearing on yours, you are welcome to enjoy this as a work of fiction. For any questions relating to the multiverse, your place in it, or the crushing depression of knowing there are other versions of you in other universes currently living a better and more fulfilling life than you, contact multiversal consultant, archivist, and author Lancelot Castle. You can find him and more information at thenashamaseries.tumblr.com. So apparently all my videos got taken down. Oh, right, um, hello, I'm Ari Kravitz, welcome back. Anyway, all my videos got taken off my channel. Not by my parents, either. Dode finally agreed to bring recordings back to your world for me, and to put them up on some places for podcasts and stuff, and to curate everything for me. He's actually pretty nice sometimes, even if he did clutch about it the entire time. Anyway, apparently I don't just not show up on camera, but every video of me recorded before I was turned is gone. Well, not the video, just me. In the video. So they took down all the videos because they were creeping people out. They were just my empty room and my voice. Honestly, I'm kind of glad they sound weird. Anyway, I guess this brings us to today's topic. I mentioned different worlds last time, but I didn't really explain, partly because I didn't really understand it myself. But Amrit has been telling me all about it since I got here, so now I can explain it to you all. From what I can tell, there are three worlds. Two are pretty easy to access, your world and the one I'm in now. And then there's the soul world. Okay, so this is going to be a bit harder to explain than I first thought. So, to start with, I'm going to explain souls, and also how cameras and stuff work. So we've all got souls. They're not, like, things you can sell or whatever, they're just part of us, that occupy a different plane of existence. And all videos, pictures, reflections, and the like are just our souls copying what we're doing or have already done. It's a little confusing, and honestly I don't entirely understand it, but basically what's inside of us are our spirits, and when we die our spirits go to the soul world to join with our souls. Pretty weird and kind of cheesy if you ask me, but I guess I'm not in charge of how the world works, and if I was, things would be much nicer and a hell of a lot gayer. Anyway, when people's spirits get lost on their way to join their soul, that's how we get ghosts. And that's also why dead people's pictures and stuff seem even more full of life after they're gone. Because not only is their soul there, but also their spirit. But, uh, that's not how it works for vampires. Whatever that man, Mr. Walker, did to me, it pulled my soul from the soul world and into my body. So, um, it's no longer hanging out in the soul world to show up in reflections and videos and whatever. Which raises the question of why voices aren't included in that, but when I asked Amrita, she just said I'd need to ask a professor of souls. Which sounds fake. And also requires going back to uni, so no thanks. Me and my useless liberal arts degree are going to stay right here in blissful ignorance, thank you very much. Anyway, I asked if that means I'm immortal, but apparently it doesn't, which is kind of bullshit if you ask me, but whatever. 
apparently because my soul and spirit are fused, they have no desire to go to the soul world. So if I die again, they'll just kind of chill wherever I died. Which is how we get poltergeists. Unlike ghosts who can be led to the soul world, poltergeists are just kind of fucked? And eventually the anger at being trapped in the world they died in makes them kind of evil. So I guess I've got that to look forward to if I die. Which I can't unless I'm killed, thankfully. Anyway, I think that just about covers it for the soul world. Not much was known about it. And you all know about your world. With, like, humans and bigotry and cats. We have some humans and cats here. No bigots, just a bunch of magical creatures, some of whom are evil. But not against any one particular group for the most part, so that's a plus. Except for the Walker twins and their lot. Apparently, they're big on something called bloodless purity. Sounds like Nazi bullshit to me. They're like, better dressed Nazis. Which really isn't the thing that needs changing about Nazis. I'm, I'm allowed to say that, I swear. I'm Jewish, so like, I can make Nazi comparisons. Anyway, I'm glad Dode kept me from them. I don't need that buffoonery in my life. But I guess we do have bigots here. Honestly, I think I'll need a whole other recording to explain bloodless purity to you all, so I'll save it for then. Just know that it's about as needlessly hateful and vile as any hate group. I guess just because the bigotry here looks different from the bigotry in humans, it doesn't mean there's less of it. It's just... different. So, uh, I guess the only world left to explain is the one I'm in? And that requires a lot of explanation, I think. It's kind of like your world, or our world? I don't really know which one's my world anymore. But anyway, it's like that, only instead of being mostly humans, it's mostly... Well, I guess what we would call fantasy creatures? Only they're not so fantasy now, are they? There are vampires, and fae, and concubi, and the likes. Oh, Amrita gave me a nifty little way to remember which ones are incubi and which are succubi. An incubus gives you a baby to incubate, while a succubus will... You know what? I'm not gonna go down that road. Never mind, fun fact cancelled. Anyway, back to the important stuff. So... This world is home to all the creatures we thought were fictional. Well, not all of them. Daoud had the audacity to laugh at me when I asked if unicorns were real. Arsehole. Anyway, apparently they're not, and apparently it's silly to think that maybe if vampires and werewolves exist, so do unicorns. Anyway, I can't really list all the creatures that live here. There are so many from all sorts of folklore. Some have heard of, and plenty that I haven't. From all sorts of cultures, too. I'm really learning a lot being here. But, for example, there's Amrita. I thought she was a human when I first saw her because, well, from the waist up, she is. But below that, she has the wings, tail, and feet of a bird. She said she's something called a Kinari? Sorry if I uh, butchered that pronunciation. But from what she explained to me, they're a South Asian creature, half human, half bird. Well, I say South Asian, of course, given that there are two worlds, it's not really the same, but 
they were prevalent in South Asian mythology because of the region they inhabit in this world. It roughly corresponds to South Asia in your world. So when they used to travel to your world, they would wind up there. Apparently that's a big part of how myths came about for various places. And some creatures have a bigger population than others, which is why some things ended up in multiple mythologies while others didn't. It actually makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Oh, I should probably explain how people travel between your world and this one. It's actually how Dode got in my house, in fact. Apparently if you do some magic or something and focus enough, you can just kind of step from one world into the other. I haven't figured out how to do it yet, and apparently it's dangerous to do it in most places, um, because our worlds don't overlap properly, so a building here may be an open field there, and a lake there might be a forest here, and if you try to travel between the worlds in a space in one world that's occupied in the other, it can get very dangerous. It's a little different if it's a creature or a person or small object in the way, then they just get pushed, but otherwise you end up inside of whatever you stepped into, and well, you can imagine how bad that can get. So there are certain spots that were specifically built to mimic each other, so that if you travel from one world to the other in those spots, you already know where everything will be, and it's safe. That's usually where inexperienced travellers go to travel. Experienced people like Daoud can go wherever because they know how to be safe about it. That's how he got into my kitchen that night. But if I wanted to learn to travel, I'd have to go to one of those special locations. And apparently the walkers are still looking for me, so I can't leave Amrita's for a while. So, no going home for me, I guess. Sorry, it, it's, it's a little difficult. <laughs> Just, you know, I know my parents are grieving, and I'm here, and I'm safe, and... And I can't tell them. I... I just... I feel helpless. And... This whole thing with the Walker Twins, they're still after me, we don't know what they want, and... Toto and Amrita are definitely hiding things from me about the Walkers. And I know it's probably with good intention, but quite frankly, I've only just met them, and... I don't really know if I can trust them. I don't know. I guess I'm just scared. This is all so new and and weird and part of me wonders if I'm in a coma or something or if this is my own personal hell and the only source of consistency and comfort and something definite are these recordings, this microphone. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry, I've just missed my last two therapy appointments and... God, I need to ask Emery if they have therapists here and... Oh, um, one second. Sorry. Something just appeared? in my room? I am- it- it looks like a pill bottle and some paper. Oh hey, this is the cute stationery my mum bought me for Hanukkah. Huh. Ari, I think these are yours. Make sure to take them as instructed. 
Let me know when you need a refill and I'll see what I can do. Dude. Oh. The my anxiety meds. That's nice of him. <sighs> Sorry about that. Okay, I'm going to add taking my meds and asking Amrita about a therapist to my to-do list. Mm-hmm. I talking about? I think I explained how to travel between worlds, and I gave you a brief rundown of how this world works. Okay, so, um, I guess maybe I should explain how magic works, and maybe a brief history of why the worlds are separate now, because they didn't used to be, and that's why we used to have so many more stories than we do now of mythical creatures. So magic is a little weird. And Amrita said I'd have to ask a witch to explain it better, but basically witchcraft is real. Not the, uh, bullshit, modern, white people appropriating culture type shit. The new age fake pretending to study magic because it's cool and believing that sun signs and astrology determine your whole life stuff. No, the actual cultural and historical stuff. Like Jewish witches, for example, who practice Kabbalah. It's all real, and more tangible than they let on to the rest of us. I don't want to get too into specifics because I don't want to ruin anyone's secrecy or anything, but basically a lot of it has to do with intention and visualization as much as it has to do with any particular spells or rituals or anything. You bend the truth of the world to your own will. I kind of want to ask Dode to teach me some magic, but I don't want to intrude, and I should probably find a Jewish witch to learn from so I'm not taking from someone else's culture. Anyway, it's all very interesting, and this world has its own cultures of magic, so I can probably learn some super cool vampire magic, though I'll need to find another vampire to learn it from. And if I'm stuck on lockdown with Emery all day, I can't do that. I'll have to ask her about going out and meeting the neighbours or whatever. Hopefully my social anxiety doesn't extend to Selkies or whatever lives next door. Though, I don't actually know if she has any neighbours. Every time I look out the windows in this place, I just get more confused. See, my room's on the second floor. This place is big, three floors at least, plus an attic and possibly a basement. It's an almost Victorian-style mansion, but with weird tech. I tried to figure out the kitchen once, but, well, I wasn't really sure what anything in there was for. It was like that cow tools cartoon. You feel like you know what each thing does, but you just can't quite figure it out. Anyway, back to the windows. So I looked out the window at my room and it looked like there was a beautiful green field outside. And I opened the window and the air smelled so fresh, like it was about to rain and I could stick my head out and look at the field. Uh, next door to my room is another guest room. Apparently Dode stays there when he's not warning people of their impending deaths. Anyway, I looked out his window expecting to see the same field, but 
instead there was what I can only describe as mangroves? Once again, I tried sticking my head out the window. It smelled salty, like the ocean. After that, I explored as much of the house as I felt comfortable going into. Amrita never explicitly banned me from any rooms. She said I could go anywhere, but I feel weird going into any room with a closed door. But every room I went into was the same. Some new scene was outside the window, looking as real as anything. I could stick my head out and all my senses agreed that whatever I saw was really there, and it seemed to continue in every direction I looked. I didn't stick my head out the windows of the living room, partly because they were all bolted shut, but even if they weren't, I didn't want to take my chances sticking my head out underwater. I guess this place is more different than I'd realised. I don't really know how it works, and I didn't ask Amrita. I guess I'm a little scared of the answer. It's silly, of all the things to be afraid of, it's the windows. But I like mine, the one in my room. It's nice, and if I just pretend it's not different from the others, then I can get rid of that worry from my pile. Oof. The past couple of weeks have been a lot. You know, I wonder what would happen if I climbed out the window. Nope, no, not gonna do that. Hmm, I think whatever limited impulse control I had was lost when I died. Okay, listen, just hold tight for a moment while I just check this out. Can I fit through this? Alright. Okay. You can do this, Ari. Nope. No, nope. Too small. Not gonna try that again. Mission aborted. Oof. Okay, so I don't fit out the window. Guess we'll never know the answer. Oh. Oh. Before I go, I said I'd explain how the worlds became so separate. Alright, so over... 12,000 years ago, the Neolithic Revolution began in the Middle East. Humans began to develop agriculture, and over the next 6,000 years or so, farming became big in China, the Indus River Valley, Europe, the Americas. Then humans domesticated animals and began farming them as well. And people learned to craft with metals. Around 5,000 years ago, the first civilizations arose in Egypt and Mesopotamia, and humans developed the wheel and maths and writing. Around that time, the people of this world figured out how to travel to the human world, and they learned from humans. Over the next 4,000 years or so, there was massive cultural exchange, magic and technology, that's why stories of meeting fantasy creatures were so much more prevalent back then. But then Europe decided it needed to own the entire fucking world. The people of this world saw the way white Europeans exploited and harmed other people and other cultures. They became afraid, understandably. They were worried that one day they would try to invade this world. So they began a massive effort to make humans forget about this world. Only witches were allowed to know the secret to stepping between worlds, which is why the number of stories tapered off. 
of course it took a long time, and it didn't entirely work, but for the most part the two worlds became separate again. I'm guessing that all explains why the kitchen is such a fucking nightmare. All the technology that's developed here over the past 600 odd years has been only vaguely based on human technology. They can only get information from witches, really, and other people who travel between the worlds, and unless some tech and appliance giant like, I don't know, Harrison Inc. is planning to come over here and explain how refrigerators work, the stuff here is bound to be different. It wouldn't surprise me if they infuse magic with their technology. Anything made around the Victorian era is likely the most modern human stuff they have here. That's when they finished cutting off for good, late 1800s, early 1900s. I think some seer foresaw the rise of Freud and decided to get the hell out of there before he could convince everyone that all vampires harbour secret feelings for their sires. I'll be honest, most of my knowledge of Freud comes from memes and secondhand anger passed on from Professor Uni. It won't stop me from making fun of him though. Anyway, I think I've been over everything I have to tell you about the worlds. Let's see. Souls, vampires, ghosts and poltergeists, history... I think that's everything. I plan to continue doing these recordings when I can. My days are somehow both very busy and full of nothing. I'm constantly learning new things, but I can't leave this house. It's rather tiring. But it helps to be able to talk out like this, even if no one else is listening, or Dode isn't putting these recordings anywhere. I think I just need to be able to talk about everything. It's comforting in a way. It makes it all feel much more manageable. Speaking of Dode, next time he comes around, I need to give him this recording. I haven't been titling them or anything, and mentally I've just been calling this my vlog. Hopefully he's figured everything out. I don't think titles are needed for these, so it should be fine. If not, he'll probably just title them something boring, like episode 1, episode 2, and so on. Which is fine. I trust him. He's like my age, I think. He should know how to use the internet. But I might ask him what he's calling the series of these, so I know what to call it when I'm recording. I hope he's calling them something cool, like interview with a vampire. No, wait, that's already a thing. Vampire Diaries? Nope, also a thing. Wow. The media loves vampires. Weird. Well, anyway, thank you for listening. And for today's advice, taking the high road is nice and all, but it's not always the smartest thing to do. Sometimes when you're face to face with a monster, hugging it out and calmly explaining your views on why it shouldn't eat you won't work. Sometimes you need to growl right back at it. You need to make it afraid to be a monster. Afraid to chase innocent people. Afraid to murder. And yes, this is about Nazis again. Fuck Nazis. Not like, don't don't have sex with Nazis. Fuck them, like, ruin their day, week, life. This isn't a political view, this isn't a political issue, this is something the world agreed on back in 1945. Fuck Nazis.